When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the amazing universe of the Elder Scrolls. Adventures! Welcome back to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots. I've got my buddy, Lotus of Doom, and all of our live chat audience here with us as usual. Lotus, how's it going, man? It's good. It's good. Um, right as we get started, uh, just out of curiosity, can you hear the fireworks arbitrarily going off outside my house? No. Fantastic. I don't, I don't then we're going to so. pretend they aren't exploding. But I don't, I'll listen more carefully as we go. Um, nope, it's fine. Everybody's very <laughs> excited about today's lore lesson with Malachi. It's, it's always it's always something. There's always something. Um, but welcome welcome back to the show, everybody. And Lotus, I, I'm excited because we're talking about Malakath. Oh, now I've got dogs barking in the background. That's awesome. My wife is on a work trip. Usually she'd be in the other room able to quiet them down but uh i think we're just gonna have lots of extra sound effects it's on this fine episode. they're just screaming the code of malakath yeah oh and we've got a new follower so that's making sounds i'm gonna turn that down but this is great hey, everything's going really well thank you for following uh jumorov i don't know how to pronounce your name but i probably that's how it. i always say it from my stream well, so there you go hi 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 um so yeah so we're talking about malakath today this is another daedric prince deeper dive with tom and lotus and so um and my dog's in the background but uh here why don't why don't i mute for a moment and see if i can get them to shut up and you give us a little uh go over all the different names because malakath's got a lot of names how about we do that sounds good to me all right so this week uh we are going to be as tom mentioned discussing malakath malakath is the god of curses daedric prince of the bloody oath lord of ash and bone lord of monsters oathbreaker creator of curses he who speak sideways doki doki um <laughs> furious one the keeper of the bloody curse and the defender of the betrayed a few of those seem a little weird um but he's also known as malak or malak it's dead kind of always sounded the same to me but you know it's one yeah. of those things where it's easier to notice when you're reading it um malak to the red guards malak to the dunmer and mulak Moloch. The blue god of the goblins. <laughs> right. Which is a, one of my favorite new additions to the series, which we can kind of get into with the, the blue god bit. Because um, that, that was one of the things that the first kind of inkling that I ever saw from it was actually Elder Scrolls uh, Blades, the the phone game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And, and it was funny when it was first introduced, I was like, wait, is that? Like another version, and sure enough, ta-da. <laughs> yeah, he has a connection to a lot of the beast races, or the beast-like, yes. well, uh, I mean, not like the Khajiit, but like the no, other, but, what what many of the sentient races consider lesser sentient right. races. Right, the way that I always kind of look at them is like the scorned beast races, where they really yeah. shouldn't be classified different, but 
with the rampant racism throughout Tamriel, it's kind of like a uh, let's not deal with the orcs since they've become fleshed out because um you know just briefly mentioning it as it's not really relevant anymore to the series orcs or orsimer when the series started they weren't fleshed out as a full playable race they were generic fantasy orc that you just have as an enemy uh in like elder scrolls arena so like they've evolved into a fully fleshed out designed um race that you can actually be in the series with all sorts of benefits and background and all of this stuff but that's not exactly how they started way back at the beginning yeah yeah so Malakath. Well, we have to, we can't talk about Malakath without the uh, p- uh, potential, potentially accurate history of his transformation from Trinamac. Yeah, yeah. Um, why don't we Why don't we dig into this a little bit? So we're gonna stay. Uh, we're we gonna we're gonna try to keep this to not have too much potty humor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we got to we got to call it like we got to say like it is right. <laughs> like, <laughs> we do. Indeed, we do. So here, while I'm con- continuing trying to keep my, my dogs quiet, you, you want to fill people in real quick on, on how the story sure, goes? Sure. So we'll give you a quick uh, mythology, um, which is referred to on the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages as the terrible transformation of Trinamac. <laughs> I love this. By uh, the way, uh, the UESP is where we go for our most of our lore source stuff. It's it's the best site on the internet. Friends of yep. ours also uh, co-hosts with Lotus on Tales of yeah, Tamriel. Yeah, I was going to say our sponsors sibling. of uh, Tales of Tamriel, right. the other podcast that our, I host. Our sibling <laughs> podcast over there that yep. Lotus does. So so we're going to be pulling some information directly from there. So Correct. Yeah, so in a nutshell... We don't have to go over the whole thing because I don't yeah, want to spend to the whole read episode the, on it. the entire mythology. But essentially, what the legend is is Trinimac was tricked <laughs> into going into. We Boethia's talked about this on the Boethia episode too. Mouth, yeah, like yes, and that's why you can you can go more in into it in that episode, but. Boethia basically tricks uh, Trinimac into being eaten for, for uh, you know, right. and as right. a result, uh, <laughs> to to show his fallibility <laughs> and and all of that, um, she defecates him out, poops him right out. It just it just drops drops a drops uh, a deuce, drops a yeah, drops a malacast, malacast right deuce. on the yeah, right on yep. the floor. Yep, and and yeah. hey, Trinmac is forever changed. This this is one potential origin story of Malakath. Now, many yeah. of his followers disagree with this interpretation of what actually happened because, Including of course. Malakath himself right. says it's far too literal. Right. Yeah, this is way too disrespectful and yada, 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 yada. But right. it it does lend into that identity of Malakath being kind of like the god of the scorned, the god of the the um, well, specifically for reasons just like this, the orcs and the goblins and, and the people who are kind of looked down upon the, the lesser thans. Right. Um. And the other thing about this whole poo story uh, <laughs> is the the scorned that we're referring to, but the Orsimer, um, essentially the followers that go along with this, if you take the literal interpretation of that, take the the you know excrement and just smear it on themselves, turning themselves along with their savior, so to speak, which is really just. <laughs> It is not a great background story if you're trying to instill anything other than uh, a bit bit of cringe. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems it definitely smells of, uh uh-oh, the kind of story that people put together in order to make fun of other people and their beliefs. They kind of, you know, are poo-pooing on their beliefs almost literally. Yeah, it's it's a way of like there is really not a lot of ways to be more dismissive of a group of people or anything like that than referring to someone as actual shit. Right. (laughs) Like you, you, you are the way you are because of 
poo because you yeah, it, your your god is poo and you guys are also poo. Right. It's like right. that is generally an insult and that is the <laughs> the, the literal storyline to to some people's idea of the creation thing. Be it true or not because again, it's hard to discern in this series. This would normally seem ridiculous, but also not so much with the Elder Scrolls. But it might be, right? It might yeah. be accurate. So the right, orcs right. in general uh, he, Malakath is most known for being venerated by the orcs, and they're the ones who call him. They also call him Malak, Orc Father, Great Chief, the First Orc. Um, if you look at the iconography of Mal- Malakath, he often looks like an orc. In yeah. like he's one of the few. Um, well, many of the other races, races, many of the other Daedra, put themselves in a mortal-like form, but usually it's Manish yeah. or Elfish. It's, it's usually, very if, rare if, that you yeah. get them in some other form. Now, somebody like Sheogorath shows up as a cat sometimes and, you know, depends it's, on who he's whatever. And, with. you know, try explaining what a Hermes Mora is like, you know, <laughs> right, it, there's right. exceptions to the rule, obviously. But right. Um, he's also can, known as the Daedric Lord of the Orcs, the Lord of the Sworn Oath and the Bloody Curse and Ashpit's Lord. And um, there's a lot of really cool stuff that's come out around Malakath in uh, ESO specifically in the mainline games. We only get so much of uh, insight into into Malakath. Malakath is the one of the corners of the House of Troubles for the Dunmer. So we do get some of that going on with like Morrowind and there are quests in like Skyrim and Oblivion that you can do that have to do with Malakath and his followers. But the greatest insight that I think that we get is from the Orsinium expansion in Elder Scrolls Online. Mm-hmm. Now, there's some cool stuff going on. I don't think we should spoil it. Like, like we do with many of these things, we won't spoil the storyline there. But if you are interested in orc lore and Malakath and their connection to Malakath, there's definitely stuff that happens in Elder Scrolls Online. So it's worth checking out. Yes. And uh, just, you know, not storyline related so much as we were just talking about uh, ways that he physically portrays himself um there is a really really cool statue of him outside the maelstrom arena in um the rothgar region in elder scrolls online yeah yeah now there are some other races that know him in different ways um it's interesting the way the nords see him um so in traditional nordic beliefs he contains it's basically the combination of two deities and this is one of those weird things that happens with many of these godlike beings is that they this the origin stories and the belief systems and sometimes combine deities together or divide them apart or they they have these weird origin traditions to the nords um malakath is malak m-a-u-l-o-c-h the great god of the orcs and also known as mountain fart this is a legitimate thing in the lore mountain fart fart. of course he is of course he is right um he's uh, it says here in on the usb uesp he is clearly identified with malak and tests the nords through warfare he is considered a testing god then there's orkay o-r-k-e-y also called old knocker who is the god of mortality Orke is a primary primary at Morin death god, a lone god whose worship stems from the days when the Aldmeri ruled at Mora. He is said to be a fusion of aspects of Malak and Arke, though others suggest that Arke is a fusion of Orke and the Aldmeri god Xarxes, which this again, this stuff gets so twisted with just hearsay about who believes what about what God and what God right. actually existed. And w- were one of these actually mortals at some point that mounted mounted mantled <laughs> didn't mount, <laughs> but mantled a God. There's, there's a lot of this mixing around of these identities. So it does get a little bit confusing. Um, did you have something else you wanted to add in? I know you, I kind of uh, nope, jumped in nope, there. Not on that section. Nope. Okay. Then there's, of course, in, to the Dunmer, he's one of the Houses of Troubles. Um, they don't like him so much. He's he's kind of in there with the, the bad ones. Uh, Molek yeah. Ball, Mayrun Stagon, and Sheogorath. So, Which makes sense if, if you know, that 
they associate so much with like trials and tribulations. And he's basically one of the Daedric princes of testing people. That really doesn't seem like somebody that would really sync up with things that you would consider good as he would be constantly testing you in the harsh lands that exist over there. Right. They, they don't need more testing. They feel like yeah, they've, exactly. they've survived <laughs> enough, enough testing. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. And then for the red guards, uh, he's often known as Maluk M A or sorry, M A L O O C the horde King and is the enemy God of the red guards. The red guards don't like him either. And according to the article in the UASP, some scholars believe Maluk is merely Malakath in disguise as they appear similarly boorish and share many graceless aspects. So they're not big fans of it as well. In to the Khajiit, the demon Orca is known through ancient Khajiit texts that predate the Riddlethar epiphany and is a demon sharing similarities with Malakath. So he may show up in that pantheon or at least in those histories as well and then um he's also known by the reach folk which is no surprise because the reach folk love worshiping their daedras they sure do they call him the lord of ash and bone so he's, they've got all that going on um any thoughts on any of this um it's just it's interesting because one of the things about uh, uh malakath is it almost seems as if he wouldn't be as prevalent in so many cultures as he is compared to some of the other ones that we see in bits here and there, but some cultures kind of don't even acknowledge it whatsoever. Um, it seems interesting that one that's so strongly related to the Orsimer is actually acknowledged by most cultures in Tamriel, which is, I don't know. I guess to me, that seems a little peculiar that so many just kind of embrace him as like, Oh, yep. That's so totally. Yep. This is, this is part of our pantheon. My only guess might be because of the ties into other Daedric princes and stuff like that. So maybe it's almost like a conjoined thing where it's like, well, if you acknowledge Boethia, you probably are going to acknowledge something that Boethia did. So that'll be in the culture as well type of deal. Right. Right. It's also nice to have a, I don't know, these enemy gods, these uh, nice to have being a, a reason to justify evil and terrible things happening in the world. This is right. this is one of those th reasons why certain religions kind of developed the way they did is because if you have these good gods that are there to right. help your culture around, how do you justify when terrible things happen? Right. Oh, well, yeah. it's the devil or it's this, you know, it's right. Malachath. What is the reasoning it, behind or, this other than an arbitrary like this drought that killed so many people just happened? what's the reasoning to it? People want a reason for something. And sometimes the solution could be something like this, like, Oh, it's, you know, we're being tested in this case by, by Malakath. Right. Right. For example. Right. And you know, it makes sense because he's often tied to the orcs. They don't like the orcs. He, the imagery is, is orc like. And so you can see why maybe he gets kind of thrown under the bus for things sometimes that he, he doesn't have to do with. Now, What's I think most interesting about Malakath is the code of Malak, which many of the orcs hold to. And the code is it's kind of like an honor code. It says here, the code of Malak contains many simple precepts, which are mostly tacit and include prohibitions on theft, murder and assault, though ample exceptions are made to those rules. <laughs> More explicitly, the code encourages respect for forging and blacksmithing, requiring vengeance for insulted honor and recognizing that death in combat is pleasing to Malak. Orcs believe if something is not worth fighting for, it is beneath the code. So there are some having a code in general is generally a good thing for a culture and there are some reasons not to like murder each other and steal from each other kind of help the culture along but there are ample reasons to justify things like oh well this person slighted my armor so now i have to go murder them right um but okay so like one of the things that i always find really funny about this which i i'm glad we got to this point so that 
the the thing you'll experience it uh if you play through the orsinium storyline uh in elder scrolls online but it's referenced uh, you know many places but like the, the idea of a blood price when mm-hmm. somebody's wronged you and it's it's not to the degree necessarily like you said of just like oh well, i've been slighted i'm gonna just go murder this person and it, it'll be justified but they do have a thing um in a lot of orcish it, it tribes and stuff like that where it, you you can pay a blood price when you're wronged and they Basically, you essentially bleed out the perpetrator until the one that is wronged feels satisfied with the situation, right? which is really, really screwed up because it's like, well, how much is too much? And then it's like, okay, if you're really, really bitter about something, it's like, we're just going to bleed the person out entirely. It is a hardcore way of getting some payback. Like that's theoretically justified. Right. Right. So there's a, there's still a lot of mystery around Malakath. You know, like if we do take the Trinimax story to be true, then he has kind of a noble beginning and then was like kind of, you know, dropped into this other status where he is now the god of the downfallen and that kind of thing. But then if you take the Nord perspective and you go, well, maybe he's some sort of combination of RK and Malak or Orc or K and you know, and more than God, like all of the mixing together of that stuff, then it becomes right. a little bit more fuzzy. And then there's the <laughs> right. the potential that maybe he just always was. He always is and always was who he is. And all of these stories lack a certain level of truth because it's just confusing and old. Oftentimes these stories relate to things that happened during the Merithic era. Right. And we haven't experienced any of that in any games. And this is something that I think comes up all the time is the question of well, when is the lore canon? Like what is actually canon? And every time I've spoken with any developers at Bethesda, the answer is always nothing is canon unless you experience it in a game. Yeah. And so it it like we get a lot of headcanon and over the years people have talked about these characters, the Daedric Princes so much that there are things that the community in general become more popular explanations or can extrapolate it in different ways, too, that can draw you to conclusions. But it until it's concretely there, it's always one of those things where it's like that's what's so interesting about the series is it's so unreliable from so many aspects you just kind of do your best to land on what is the most plausible based on what we've seen right the other thing is that uh, and this is another logical fallacy a lot of people fall into is that just because there are more points of reference to one theory than another in the games doesn't mean that that point is actually more likely to be true from a lore standpoint sure it's it's, it's it like just uh, more common it could just be more common like appeal to popularity appeal to commonality it does not mean that something's more likely to be true it doesn't right. matter if if at some point 99 percent of the humans on the earth thought the world was flat the world wasn't flat <laughs> right. right. Like it doesn't matter how many people believe a thing, how many instances of proof you have until you actually have something that legitimately proves it beyond a shadow of a doubt. So, exactly. so yeah, so there's a lot here that makes makes him kind of an interesting figure because we don't really know for sure. And each culture has kind of their own spin on it, even though the majority of them have kind of a negative spin doesn't mean that those perspectives are necessarily more likely to be true. Right. So it, I'm willing to keep this stuff up in the air and just go, okay, he is who he seems to be to each of these cultures and what happened in the past may or may not have happened. We don't really know yet. It's it's, again, hard hard to, hard to tell exactly if it's a literal interpretation or if it's more of a metaphorical interpretation. Right, right. Well, I feel like we're at a good point where we can go thank our patrons in the middle of the show. And then we're going to come back. We're going to talk about Malakath's uh, items, the uh, the weapons and artifacts and things, because mm-hmm. there's a number of them. There's some really cool ones. And uh, maybe a little bit more after that. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. And now, gambling terms. Push, a wager that results in a tie. Even money. Bet with the same payout as you wager. Legit. Knowing where it's truly legal to gamble in Colorado. You can enjoy legal gaming in Blackhawk, Central City, Cripple Creek, as well as licensed online sports and off-track betting in Colorado. Play legit and gamble only where it's legal. Learn more now at playlegitco.com. A message from the Colorado Division of Gaming. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. The skies are marked with numberless sparks, each a fire 
and everyone a sign. All right, I've got my dog to stop barking again. I put a closed bag of treats on the floor. Maybe that'll keep him busy and away from barking at the neighbor out the window. Um, but <laughs> we have some new patrons this last week to call out and thank. Uh, let me look here. We've got, da, da, da. I believe we thanked Brandon S. last time. Maybe, maybe not. It's been, oh, you know what? We did, the, we, our episode was delayed, wasn't it? last week yes it was like a day late i think it was like a day late so i don't think we've thanked joe p evelyn r and cat yet for signing up on the patreon thank you for being here thank you for supporting the show we really appreciate it holy crap i just looked at the total number 99 we are one away from 100 all it was going to take is one more person signing up and we'll hit 100 i I, I know this is one of those weird things that happens there's only 30 slots that i made available at the (laughs) one dollar tier early on and those got filled up real fast but every so often somebody cancels their one dollar patron subscription which to me is hilarious because it's like a dollar and you get like the majority of the you know good benefits (laughs) they made it through all the previous episodes right right they're like i'm done with it i'm done giving you a dollar a month um but that's fine because every so often a tier opens up and somebody just like hops in and it's just like i, I got the one dollar tier there's only 30 i got in there because somebody cleared out but that's, i mean that's fine that's totally cool maybe there's that's a dollar fine. tier open somebody else will sign up and become the hundredth person but we also have to we have to call out our tier five danger princes mr gami boy kira noodle al dente and riverwood chicken i love that name thank so you good. you guys you guys are awesome and if we've done anything to help you get through your work day drive to work your workout or keeping your dogs occupied while you're trying to do a podcast that would be weird listening to the podcast while doing the podcast i don't think i could do that um i feel like it would be very poor from me like very poor (laughs) be so distracted uh then go to patreon.com slash elder scrolls lorecast and check out all the different tiers and uh we also uh actually we don't have any new reviews this week i i did double check that and uh we would appreciate it if you even if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, if you want to leave us a rating, a five-star rating on either of those, and a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it out on a future episode. So big thank you to everyone who takes the time to do that. Yeah, really, we got really lots of stars. It. It's just we can't read out stars. So yeah. thank you for the stars. And I don't know who leaves the stars. It's not <laughs> like it's tied it to a name. I was going to say, same thing with the other show. Is like, thank you for all the five stars i i don't know who any of you are so i just universally appreciate you <laughs> yeah right it'd be cool if we got like a list at least i could be like oh so and so gave i know it doesn't say so-and-so anything so-and-so about so-and-so. anything it's just we like no idea yep <laughs> professor bayless uh, writes a review in chat right now here's my review <laughs> epic stuff bud thank you very much <laughs> appreciate it uh, but we really do appreciate you guys for your support and those of you who are able to contribute via the patreon this is my full-time job so this helps me pay the bills i really appreciate it and you know buy buy food for lunch and stuff um and then also those of you who take the time even just share with your friends we really appreciate it all right let's move on with the rest of the show Yes, yes, you're entirely brilliant. Conquering madness and all that. Blah, 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 blah. Well, Jumaraf just I'm, signed up. 100 patrons. <laughs> I just hit the bumper sound and now we've got 100. Thank you yeah. so much. Welcome to the Patreon. That's amazing. That's amazing. Let me see. Um, oh, yep. Refreshing the screen. There you go. 25 tier. Man, holy crap. Thank you so much. And you'll be able to join us. Uh, I forgot to mention this on the uh, patron chat episode, which happens next week. It's coming up because the 26th is the it's last the end of the month already. Yeah. 26 is the last Thursday of the month. We record Good on these Lord. Thursday night. It's the 19th right now. We've got one more week, so let's let's let us know what you want to talk about. We're going to come up with a topic. It's going to be awesome. Everyone tier four and higher is welcome to join us Thursday nights right at right now when we're recording these 9 p.m. Eastern. So um, not in this one. Be planned to eventually. Well, awesome. We look forward to it in the future. All right. Let's move on with some more uh, details about Malakath. I know I know you love those. Um, those artifacts do you want to pick I one do. out that we talked about first? all right so we're going to jump straight into my favorite one because this one is definitely up there as one of my favorites all all around uh-huh. and that's volandrum i thought maybe um, i thought it was yeah, so one. we're going like, to start probably the most i mean most people will know what volandrum is if you're going to know what any of these are but um volandrum is my favorite one of my favorite daedric artifacts in general uh it's also known as known as the hammer of might um it's actually it's an ancient artifact created by dwarven rorkan clan i think that's Mm -hmm. how you pronounce that Mm -hmm. is that rorkan that's how you pronounce that that's how i do it yeah yeah so the thing that's interesting about it um is is it is very dwarven 
and it's got some ebony and then it's got like a corrupted influence in it if it in it if you haven't already seen it yeah um yeah the design of this hammer is freaking awesome it's really cool um it's got like that pulsing red eye in the middle it is it is a massive hammer uh it is a two-handed like great hammer uh not like a little like hand hammer like 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 you nail the nails into your wall yeah yeah yeah. this this thing is quite massive uh in game it's basically the size of you (laughs) yeah it's pretty big yeah yeah um for unknown reasons volandron became a daedric artifact of malakath which is why i thought it was so interesting when i first came into this thing Mm -hmm. i was kind of like why is this thing look almost like a warped daedric artifact and uh, apparently it was just kind of like it seems like more or less taken by malakath more than like presented to malakath um right but the other thing about it which is actually funny because it's not really mentioned too much in the uesb so i'll have to do this off memory but basically um in the for anybody who plays the pvp side to elder scrolls online the giant overworld is in the center of the map cyrodiil just same place that you would play when you're playing elder scrolls for oblivion and on a timer during the three banners war Sheagorath actually took this artifact and kind of just decided because it's what Sheagorath does to cause some <laughs> chaos right. um and, and on a set timer um it, it's really hard to track down it's more of like a surprise event in game but Sheagorath will periodically release volandrung into the battlefield and it will basically seek somebody who is worthwhile and it will pop up in the thing. It's protected by golden saints, but it will appear on the map. And it is a, it's a Daedric artifact in a little bit of a different direction from the single player games, because this thing is sort of kind of a cheat mode um, where when you get a hold of it, you can rip down, keep walls. You can do crazy amounts of damage to your enemies. And this is all PVP. So it's, it's, it's against other people that you're using this against. And it's cursed on the battlefield, which is interesting because again, you know, Daedric Prince of Curses kind of follows suit. Mm-hmm. The artifact will actually feed on the souls of those you kill on the battlefield and that's actually how you use it to stay powered (laughs) if you don't consistently kill people with it it takes your life essence and actually will slowly kill you on the battlefield until you die and drop it and then it's up for grabs again it is a really cool feature it can really sway the tide of the pvp thing but yeah it's just i've always thought it was a really cool addition to the uh to the pvp some people are pretty split on it because it can really turn the tide and kind of kill the momentum if the other team gets it and something like that. Yeah, a little OP, yeah. Yeah, but I I love it. And it's interesting that uh, in in Elder Scrolls Online, even though it's an artifact of Malakath, it's actually taken and presented as a result of Shea Gorath kind of just doing what he does and running amok like usual. Yeah, yeah. The history of it is actually really interesting. Um, It's prone to disappearing like the Dwarven creators. It sometimes disappears for days or even longer and then it'll just reappear other places. And I feel like this is something that's not unique to just this Daedric artifact. No, they all seem to kind of get plucked out of existence from time to time and show back up. Yeah, but um, it originally belonged to the Rory clan, like you mentioned, and the clan refused to join the other Dwemer in the first council. And according to the story, the chieftain threw his hammer across Tamriel, promising to settle wherever it landed. (laughs) And it landed in Western Tamriel, which... Uh, the Hammerfell is a name. It, yeah, did it land in Hammerfell by chance? Maybe, maybe. And they called the land Volenfell, literally City of the Hammer, and eventually later it was named Hammerfell. Yep. Um, and then uh, th- that's actual story. The journey across Tamriel is is depicted in many regions, uh, ruins across the region. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely an interesting artifact. It's probably one of the most interesting things that are associated with Malakath, and again for a reason we don't even know yet um maybe because that clan was ostracized from the other clans there's a little bit of that maybe going on um yeah. 
but we don't know for sure. Then there's the the item Scourge. Why don't we tackle this one next? Perfect. About I'm weapons. glad you dove into that one because that is another one that I was very, very interested in talking about because there are very few situations where you can ever talk about Scourge. Yeah. Um, so Scourge, it's also known as Mac McCann's Hammer, Bane yep. of Daedra, Daedric Scourge, or Scourge, Blessed of Malakath. Mm-hmm. And this one, again, is associated with Malakath, but isn't necessarily created by so right there's that um, um do you want to go into details on this one sure so it was forged from uh sacred ebony uh in the fires blah, blah, or fountain or fires or they have or fountains which is interesting i was just how do you forge something in a fountain unless yeah, you're using it to cool fountain. the forging i, I don't know maybe yeah. a fickle dyer uh and fickle it's associated dyer. with malakath but the thing of the thing about scourge um, it, it's became very prominent to me when I was playing through, um, the elder scrolls legend battle spire, mm-hmm. because, um, in battle spire, this is a weapon you need to collect in order to do what it does, which is banish Daedra. Um, let's see. Does it, and okay. Yes, here we go. They actually <laughs> skimming, mention it. Skimming the details. Yeah. Yeah. I skimming the details. I wanted to find the specific part that uh, I can make reference to, as opposed to me doing it from memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a fierce weapon and takes the form of a steel or ebony mace. Uh, Malakath dedicated it to mortals and any Daedra who attempt to invoke its power will be banished to the void. It also has the ability to banish them to the void with a single blow and can conjure Daedra such as Ramor and scamps from oblivion at the wielder's bidding. The reason it's um, so crucial to when you play Elder Scrolls Battlespire is while you're going up the Battlespire, you run into a situation where you need to essentially get the help of a Daedra in order to progress but they're not exactly the most cooperative. Imagine that. Yeah. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? But in order to kind of coax them into (laughs) doing stuff, um, there's a few different situations at hand. And, and one of them is you basically acquire this thing and you're like, yep, totally have the super awesome artifact. And the Daedra, she demands you give it to her and you're like, okay, here you go. <laughs> give it to her, which she's not allowed to wield it. So it plunges her into the void. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. Nice. Which is, which is very amusing. The only thing about it, which um, for anybody who hasn't seen my full playthrough of battle spire, um, it is the most nondescript weapon in that game. <laughs> It is just like, yeah, here's a, here's a sort of metal hammer. Like that's, that's really all it is. It looks super nondescript. It could be like any other base in the game. It really had no distinguishing qualities. Hmm. And even seeing the high res version from like Skyrim, it doesn't really look super unique. It's more its abilities than how it looks, um, which make it unique. Whereas we were talking about how unique Volendrung itself looked. I mean, I think it looks cool. It's definitely got it a does. like it, daedric it just looks design to it. Though. Yeah, it's just kind of daedricy. There's there's yeah. kind of the the prongs of the um, the mace come out in these like knife like shapes almost. Yep. And uh, at the core, like closer to the core, there's almost like this reddish underneath that kind of shows through the black which gives it this kind of creepy like skin peeling off look that's a little bit i always kind of hit me as a little it bit is cool though too yeah, that a yeah. daedric artifact is basically useful so useful against daedra yeah which is not usually something that necessarily is the case this is focused solely around basically like helping mortals fend off daedra or whatever which is is kind of unique to it for the most part Mm -hmm. well i guess it makes sense when you are like one of the daedric princes that's scorned by the others to exactly equip some of your followers with something that would help them yeah yeah so we've got some other things too we've got those are the weapons we've got some armor so the savior's hide which we talked about her scenes everybody owns the savior's hide the the scourge (laughs) of the oathbreaker we talked about this one before we don't need to recover that one but sometimes this is associated with malakath and it's another one of those with kind of a uh, you know vague origins there's also the helm of orin bearclaw it's also known as the helm of korag krogar or grokar i, messed, Grokar, that, I yeah. messed that up um it's just a little inverted that's all a little inverted <laughs> uh the helm is in it's like an engraved uh skull of like a like a saber tooth bear or, or 
tiger yeah. kind of creature Cro- crossing crossing series um if you play fallout if you ever have the bear fist thing mm-hmm. for melee it looks ex- not exactly but it looks really similar to if you're using the bear face thing as a melee weapon <laughs> yeah that's true that's true um so this one it's got kind of a, a mixed background this is uh those that claim it is buzz mary know it by the former name the helm of Orin Bearclaw, um and attribute it to the legendary dunmer hunter of valenwood or in bearclaw legends claim that the bear claw that bear claw the hunter single-handedly killed glenn with crushed it names um the witch serpent of elven wood and thus brought peace to his clan he would bring the helm with his name further reverence by performing many more great deeds until he lost his life to the nahatan flu after bear claw's demise his helm stood as a monument of his stature although it was eventually lost after his clan split but those that call the helm by its latter name believe that Orin was falsely credited and that the feats were actually performed by his orc friend Koreg Grokar hero of the Chateau Chatul clan um, thus they consider it an orcish artifact and the relic has been claimed by Malakath himself due to association with the orcs so there's a little bit another one of those like was this were the great things done by an orc but somebody stepped in and said well that orc can't take credit i'll take credit for this yep or was it the other way around we really don't know hard to say hard to say then we've got a few other little trinkets there are the brutal bands which are heavy iron rings when a brutal band is worn the wearer's hands instinctively curl into fists and the sound of distant drums and crashing steel fills the ears of the wearer (laughs) imbuing them with the bitterness of orc kind the bitterness of orc kind is my new uh my new metal (laughs) metal band Um, and all the strength of Malakath. The Orsinium Codex states that the Brutal Bands are from Malakath himself and that they were forged in the Ash Pit. That's kind of cool. Yeah, we'll get into the Ash Pit to kind of probably close things out. Yeah, yeah, we need to touch on the Ash Pit. And then, real quick, we can we can kind of finish this up with the uh, Vengeful Eye, which is an amulet associated to Malakath. It is a relic carved in uh, to both the orcs, or I'm sorry, sacred to both the orcs and Reachfolk of the Winterborn clan. It is mm-hmm. a plain amulet carved with the symbol of an eye. Dried blood appears to be caked inside the etching. Yummy. Another, another yummy little detail. Yeah, Those who great. have it <laughs> in their possession are said to carry Malakath's favor. And there's there's a history that goes into this stuff, but we don't really need to carry the history. This is one of those ESO things that you'll learn about in the games. Um, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So cool stuff. Now, let's talk about the Ash Pit. Every Daedric Prince has their own realm of oblivion and Malakath's is is the Ash Pit. You have you have any thoughts on this one, Lotus? Uh, the Ash Pit is is so we've never seen the Ash Pit in game so far uh it's one of the data realms that we've actually never really been to um but it, it sounds pretty anticlimactic like it's just not, like a dirty like dingy kind of like, place i don't know it sounds it, it sounds like one of the ones that is kind of like you know the deadlands for all it's worth it, it, it got fleshed out a little more um recently in eso mm-hmm. where it was more than just generic hellscape type of thing um even though that's kind of this uh the ash bit <laughs> might, has always kind of struck me as different generic hellscape more than anything really all that unique less lava more toxic and ash filled air and just yes like, like think, think poison landscape. air mm-hmm. uh a lot of soot uh ash and you know debris i assume you know just it, it's it, it makes me think of like just like this this kind of almost again drawing on fallout some of like when you when you play new vegas there's just the mojave wastes i think of something very similar it's just desolate there's just like toxic air all around you it's just remains of what things were before they were scorched into oblivion type of thing i guess oblivion. further into oblivion <laughs> yeah, more into oblivion Maybe. extra oblivion extra oblivion well it's not just all like terribleness there is a place called the ashen forge which yes is believed to be malakath's um stronghold and the orcs that follow malakath and we've talked about this a lot 
If you follow a specific Daedric Prince, oftentimes they claim your soul when you die or your right. soul is predestined to go there or whatever, because maybe it's good for you and you like that idea. Well, the orcs who worship Malekith believe that they will find immortality, abundant food and drink and constant battle in the Ashen Forge where they will go when they die. So that's Which part of it as just- well. It's like, okay, so there's just like a giant fighting arena. That's like the selling point. Right. We get to forge things. We get to make, we get to eat, we drink, we make weapons and we battle. And we do that and over we and over again. To kill each other again. Right. Right. It's, it's, but again, if that, if that's their draw to life, that seems like, oh, I can just keep being in battle. And if I, if I am fought, you know, if somebody fells me, I can just come back in and try again with a different strategy. It's like, that seems like I get the appeal of that being heaven. Then like, that's exactly yeah. what you'd be looking for. Well, like those people who want to become werewolves and then go live with hair scene and exactly. do the hunt all the time. That's the thing right. they love. That's what they want to do. Um, and th- there's also an element here that feels like they are in the phrase thrust into Malakath's coals to be honed and tempered and made whole with the cleansing fire of Malakath. This idea that this is a place they can go to better themselves, to even more refine themselves. Well, to that point, the one thing that I do kind of like about that, where is there's, there's, you know, the ties to blacksmithing and stuff like that already. Mm -hmm. And then when you refer to it like that as being thrust into the coals and stuff like that, it's almost like they're being physically forged into better fighters as well. So it's, it's more than just a, you know, we like blacksmithing. It's almost to the point of, it's like, we're, physically blacksmithing ourselves so to speak yeah almost. or malakath is doing it to us it, it, by, right. by putting us through these to us as a reward yeah these endless cycles cycles of battle are just going to make us more powerful potent weapons for all eternity right. which is kind of creepy it kind of scary because if you were to unleash all of these souls as an army at some point where they've just been training in battle <laughs> for thousands of years yeah, just battle hardened for eternity. That's I mean, that's a really potent force. Uh, yeah. Like, can you imagine some storyline having to do with that? Where like, oh, crap, Malakath got really pissed off all of a sudden and has now summoned all of these souls to come fight for him. And they are the best fighters you've ever seen because that's all they do. <sighs> right. That, that would be amazing. So yeah. uh, so let's wrap this up. We've got a, uh, a voice actor to call out here. This is I always like to get into the voice actors at the end. Michael Donovan is typically the voice of Malakath whenever Malakath shows up. And um, you want to you want to guess anything that Michael Donovan has done? You want to you throw some guesses in there? He's um, Johnny Five. Johnny Five. No, not, not that <laughs> no. I, I don't oh, see dude. Johnny Five. I'm going to go way back. <laughs> no, not on the list of 19. Let's see. He's, he's, got, he's got a lot of credits. So earliest credit is 1986, which could have been Johnny Five. But <laughs> but uh, I don't know if that was 86. That might have been 1984, maybe something like that. Um, but his earliest credit is Dragon Ball Curse of the Blood Rubies. Master Yosh Roshi and Penny's dad. So if you're a Dragon Ball fan, the, the Malakath is the same as Master Roshi, which is go. pretty awesome. He's done a lot of these anime. You've got like Ranma one half um, and then lots of uh, other cartoons and things through the years. But most recently, let's get into the most more recent stuff. You've got bunch of video game stuff. He was in World of Warcraft Shadowlands. Uh, Ninjago Masters of Spinjitzu, the TV series. Um, you've got, uh, let's see, Elder Scrolls, of course, Morrowind. Uh, there was a number of different voices in some of the other Elder Scrolls games. A bunch of the Lego TV shows, like okay. Lego Star Wars. <laughs> All he, right. he was a TIE Fighter pilot and Obi-Wan. He's done voice, the voice of Obi-Wan. Okie dokie. For Lego Star Wars. Yeah. And then some Final Fantasy stuff, a bunch of Lego stuff, uh, a little bit of Star Trek video game voicing, like the, kind of a variety of things. That's Guild a Wars 2. wide variety. Yeah. Guild Wars 2, uh, Malik, which is a weird because that's M-A-L-Y-C-K, but such oh, wow, a that's... similar name, right? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Also has done uh, the voice of, uh, oh no, it's done the Iron Man TV series in 2010. Was not Iron Man's voice. I'm, I'm getting this wrong. Was Captain and Nakai. I don't know if I've seen that. Um, but a, a wide variety of stuff. 
Indeed. Interesting. Very interesting. And he's obviously been a voice actor for quite some time. Yep. Got a really long history of stuff. Uh, in Elder Scrolls V Skyrim was also not only the voice of Malakath, but also the voice of Codlac Whitemane. Oh, okay. So other characters you might recognize. Hmm. Yeah. I could kind of see that now that you say it. Mm-hmm. So there we go. That's uh that's Malakath for you. Any, yeah. any closing thoughts? So closing thought from me, uh, because it's much too long to read. Um, when, when there's a book I specifically like from the series, I do kind of like to reference it because a lot of these uh, data princes do have good ones. And if they're short enough, we can read them on the show. This one is not, it is quite <laughs> true, quite long. So I saved it for the end. Just as I mentioned, do yourself a favor um, and I've mentioned these before, but this one is the uh, 16 Accounts of Madness, which is another uh, Shagorath-based thing tying into all his stuff that he does. Uh, if you look up Volume 12, uh, that one is very specifically related to a story with Malakath. Um, mm -hmm. Strong suggestion to do yourself a favor and read that one. It is it is a very good story. It is definitely a like legitimately long enough story to probably add like 15 minutes to the show if, if we tried to read it <laughs> um, back and forth. So I, I feel like it might not be worth doing there. But um, yeah, I would definitely say do yourself a favor. Read uh, volume 12 of the 16 uh, accounts, uh, Chords of Madness. Nice, nice. And uh, we're going to close this out with uh, Sheogorath's opinion about Malakath, which I think is it's just kind of cute. He says that he's not popular at parties. <laughs> <laughs> which I guess, I mean, he seems very serious. I bet he's not very popular at parties. Yeah, probably not. He's probably a he might bummer. Do a pretty good keg stand, though. Probably. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But then he's probably like, yes, no, everybody must keg stand. And then everyone's like, whoa, dude, no, 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 yeah. no, not everyone. You'll play the blood price if you don't <laughs> you do as much the... as me. <laughs> you will keg stand our blood price. Oh, God. Yeah, so there we go. That's that's Malakath. Um, we'll be back next week with another, well, another show, but not another Daedric Prince because we've got our patrons to talk with. So patrons, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what we should discuss together next week. Log into the Discord. Send me some send me some ideas. We want to hear your ideas. I try to make this focused on you guys. If you don't come up with any ideas, I'll throw out an idea. But I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to see if you have anything else you want to share before we head out. Um, no, not really. I was going to say just kind of my usual stuff. Um, actually, I guess for this week's episode of Tales of Tamriel coming up this Sunday, uh, if you care to join us for the live show, it's Sunday at 3 p.m. Uh, Eastern. Um, we actually have Dave from the UESB, the actual creator of the USB, joining us on the show since um, we haven't had him guest to chat since we've joined forces. So That's awesome. if you want to hear from the the man who started it all, um, he, he will actually be joining us as a uh, guest this episode. Very cool. Very cool. Say, yeah. hi to, say hi for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Go check out Tales of Tamriel. You'll get more stuff about like m recent news and what's going on in ESO yep. and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, it's definitely a show to go to for that. And um, I've got all my shows, all my other lore casts. If you're into Fallout or Mass Effect or Cyberpunk or The Witcher or The Lord of the Rings, which we're up to episode, it'll be 13 coming out this uh, coming Monday. So awesome stuff there robotsradio.net is the place that you can go to find all of the different shows all the different links to all of the, all of the shows on the network my shows yep. lotus's other show and then so many of other great creators who have joined us so go check that stuff out and uh i think that's it guys we'll see you next time and until then stay safe out there and try not to get pooped out by other godly beings because then everyone will make fun of you until the end of time all right guys we'll see you later bye everybody see you later 
Thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on Twitter at robots underscore radio or Lotus of Doom at Lotus of Doom. Also, you can join us on the Robots Radio Discord channel. You can easily just search Robots Radio Discord on Google or check the description underneath the podcast. Also, this podcast is recorded live every week on Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on the Robots Radio channels on Twitch, YouTube, and on Facebook. So just search Robots Radio on any of those platforms. Come join us. We'd love to chat with you while we record the show or before or after. Either way, just come hang out with us. And if you're looking for more information about my shows and the shows on the Robots Radio Network, go to robotsradio.net for all the information about all the shows on the network, including the Robots Radio Rocket Club, where I help both new and existing podcasters to grow their shows, build their audiences, and create the best podcasts they possibly can. All of that at robotsradio.net. We'll see you next time.